Ladies and gentlemen, how do? Hello and welcome to Mondo Street Social Club, a new podcast aimed at bringing creative minds together. Mondo Street is about sharing the creative process, discussing the highs and lows, and talking about how we cope when the creative genie eludes us. Pull up your comfy chair, put on your best headphones, and enjoy the next hour. Hello and welcome to Mondo Street Social Club. Tonight I'm joined by Main Street Detour, a band from Pittsburgh in the United States, for people that don't know where Pittsburgh is. Uh, we're joined by uh, Dan on drums. Say hi, Dan. Hello. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Well done. Uh, <laughs> Nico on guitar. Hello. Hello. And Shane. Howdy. Howdy. Right. Okay. So the first uh, port of call, gentlemen, is tell me about yourselves. Tell me about how Main Street Detour came about. Well, Shane's love one. for ska. Oh, God. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, so weirdly enough is I started the idea of wanting to do a band and I wanted it to be a ska band because I knew a bunch of like sax players at the time. And uh, yeah, that didn't happen. So mm. uh, I went with the next best thing. And um, Dan and I went to college together. Yes. And with our previous two members, we all were kind of they were all in the IT circle. And I was the odd one out in marketing. But um, I gave all of them orientation, so they all knew my face. He's like, got, I talked to them. He was the old man of the campus. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like, whenever I gave Dan orientation, like, he was wearing a class shirt. And, like, whenever I gave our former guitar player, Sam, he was wearing a Green Day shirt. And I was like, oh, like, that's sick. You know? And so we just like, started talking about music and whatnot, and, like, a lot of stuff lined up. And then uh, an opportunity opened up on campus to, like, play a, a show or whatnot. And we're like, well, let's just do a bunch of covers. So we played, like, Green Day, Blink. Uh, Fall Boy, you you name insert all the, all, all the local band uh, signature covers. Yep, and then sure we're going down, of course. And of but... course, because it was our first show as a pop punk band, I played everything like way too fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so moment. we look back on that fondly. Um, but yeah, I mean, after that happened, we decided to do some original music. Um, after that, uh, well, COVID hit while we were writing original music, and then we got over like. That like first wave where people were like they thought it was done, but it actually wasn't. We got back together, recorded our EP, put that out at the end of 2020, and then half the band basically just started progressively dying off. Uh, Nico joined by halfway through there. We met Nico through like the local house show scene and like local. Um, he was in another band at the time. Although Nico knew me before he knew <laughs> you. Yeah. At the standard show, yeah, we met at a random concert. Well, actually, chance. technically, we didn't meet, but he got acquainted with kind of who I am. Because <laughs> Dan, Dan has big goofball energy, so this is damn straight. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, and then uh, Nico joined, and then um, our other guitar player left, and we've just been a three piece ever since. Um, yeah, and we've just been digging it. We never wanted to add like a, a another person, at least not yet, just because we started writing our our debut album, and we're still in the midst of that. So we didn't want to bring somebody in and be like, hey, don't write because we like what we're doing. So you're just going to play what we're going to tell you. Like, we <laughs> thought that's like not fair. So, uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing now is, is writing a record. Um, singles have been out so far. And, and, we're, uh, and we're self-producing. Well, aside from Pete, who's Pete's and who's doing the mixing and mastering, we're doing all the recording basically in our houses and stuff. Um, I, have a, I, have a drum, I have a space for recording drums in at my folks' basement. And um, 
we just kind of do guitars and vocals like wherever honestly. in this very room well we've been doing them in this very room <laughs> so, so yeah yeah, so that's kind of where we're at now. It started out as a you know cover band in college, and now we're doing originals and whatnot. So it's cool. It's Thursday. It's time to get paid. It's time to waste all my money in less than twenty minutes. Try to build a void, or maybe I can partially diminish that sinking feeling that is building in my gut. So the single LSD then, is that the current lineup? Yeah, yes. so Sick of You that we put out in um, September is also the current lineup. But um, everything before that has the has not Nico mm-hmm. and two other guitarists on that uh, EP. Okay. So, so we're, are we saying that it's the proper sound for Main Street Detour from Sick of You? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. How is, how is LSD performing then as a single? You um, the analytics. It, it's it's doing all right. I mean, when we first put it out, like it got the most upfront numbers like we've ever had, like like plenty of streams, like right off the bat. But then it just kind of died off. And in all honesty, I think that just equates to what we've been doing after that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have not been playing many shows after we released it, but up, like coming up to the release date of the single, we are playing. Then we played like five shows in like, the first month and a half, which is like pretty rare for us, just because. When you keep playing the local scene, you're not really getting much exposure. You know what I mean? Like, you keep playing the same place every time. Like, what's actually changing? So, when we started doing that, we're like, okay, like, we can calm it down with the shows. Like, let's write the record and whatnot. So, up until that point, people were, like, still invested in stuff. So, since we've been kind of taking a backseat a little bit more, um, yeah, the, the numbers, we're not too, too worried about that. I think the, the album is going to get a lot more... Uh, a lot more traction than, than the singles we're doing so far. I, th- I, th- I think even more important than the numbers that the, the single is doing is how happy you are with it. Yeah. Very happy. Yeah, as, as a finished sound, it is pretty phenomenal, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's, uh, it's it, As we were talking about before we started recording, it's got that great groove, that great speed and presence about it. And, and for your style, you know, mm-hmm. the pop punk, uh, which we might as well just call punk because, you know, it's... It's it's grown up a little bit over the years as punk, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it, I think you are right in that that area. Uh, so I think we've already mentioned some of your influences, the bands that have, have given you your your flavor, um, like the Blinks and the Sums and and people like that. Anybody else yeah. that is, is maybe a little bit more left field? Yeah, I mean, like I'm so I grew up like listening to like all the like a lot of like 90s stuff and stuff like my dad, like well, basically whatever my dad was into. And he, cause he grew up like listening to a lot of like stuff like Nirvana and like a lot of 70s stuff too, like, like Zeppelin and all that kind of stuff. So I had those influences early on. Uh, but I actually played piano before I played drums too. So I, I have that maybe more proper music. I, I played an actual instrument besides just drums. <laughs> so I think that, I think that helps with some of our ideas and like recording stuff, but in terms of like other influences with like drums and stuff, I mean, I played a lot of descendants. I played a lot of green day on drums when I was like kind of picking things up again, a lot of, a lot of lag wagon, the first three albums specifically, just cause I really like the drummer on that one. And it's fast. And it's fast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also really like, like a lot of like prog stuff, uh, like Mars Volta, uh, and Periphery are a couple of my favorite bands, and uh, Chon is a big influence for me too. Chon. Dude, Chon is so good, and, and that's <laughs> the prog stuff certainly just, gives the uh, the drummer the opportunity to spread the, the wings a little bit, doesn't it? It's uh, it's where the drummer comes more to the fore 
as opposed to uh, sitting behind the front two who are hogging, hogging the limelight. I, I was just going to say, I mean, I think even like with, with like Blink-182 ever since like Travis Barker joined, like that's kind of like, I think when there was a pivotal shift in the genre of like the drummer can be like front and center with his or her composi compositions. And it's like, I don't know. It's it's awesome. Like, there's so many iconic things that he's done. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, all of our influences are pretty, like, diverse. Like, I mean, in terms of, like, recency, like, I've like, been really digging a lot of, like, Indian pop music and stuff like that. Like, I cite Dua Lipa as, like, one of my favorite freaking artists right now. <laughs> but, um, but I don't know. Like, Nico and I really jammed to some, like, like, Midwest emo kind of stuff. Like, I know Modern Baseball we really love. Like, Sorority Noise. Like, free basically throw. any – yeah, Free Throw – Anything that came out of the Philly scene, like the 2010s, is like the bread and butter of our existence. So, yeah, Nick, I don't know if you want to chime in with any of the other faves, but yeah, that Knock and then we, we really like like Knock Loose. We love hardcore <laughs> music, especially I mean Dan and yeah. Dan. But I, that's pretty much all I've been listening to lately. Just the stinkiest metal you can think of as stinkiest. well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the, I love that stinky metal. Yeah, <laughs> that noise core is what it's called, I yeah. guess. But. Yeah. I grew up, my brother grew up in the early 2000s, like, uh, whenever they started adding a lot of synth stuff to metal, like Attack Attack, Chiodo, stuff like that, and that, that definitely added to my music taste now. So, Nico, what made you pick the guitar up in the first place? Uh, I wanted to play drums, actually, but uh, my parents said it was too expensive and we didn't have enough room, which, which is fair. No, the, and there's a third unspoken reason. Drums are too fucking loud. They are parents. very loud. <laughs> <laughs> I get my books on my <laughs> So because of that, my, my parents were like, how about you play guitar? And I was like, okay. And they bought me a guitar. And then ever since then, it just, it, in that, it looks cool. People, people think, you, you play the most simple things, people think you're like a guitar wizard. Yeah. <laughs> play Thunderstruck once at a yeah. party, and you're like the, the guitar god, you know? <laughs> Shane, what about you? What, what made you pick up the bass? <laughs> not, not having a bass player yeah, in the yeah, area. It, it was actually out of necessity. So um I was a guitar player, but when we found the two other guitar players starting out, they're like, Well, we want to play guitar and we're probably better than you, which they were. And uh so I was like, Well, I guess I'm playing bass. And now I definitely prefer playing bass, like just because I've been playing it for years. But um yeah, I don't know. I just kind of fell into it now just out of I was forced to. So, <laughs> so now I like it though. So it's not that bad. Yeah, you're one of the uh, one of the guys that bass players don't like. You're a guitarist that plays bass. So I am, but like I'm also not like the the person that tries to like overcomplicate the bass like pattern. You know I mean, like, I'm not gonna start like hammering on, sweeping on a bass. You know, what I, mean? I, I know where I am, and like what we're playing you know is not required. Yeah, I know my place. <laughs> What we're playing is not like super intensive. I'd say like LSD is probably like the coolest bass line that I've written and played in this group. And that's just because it's kind of a walking. A, it, it's a walking thing and kind of like a surfy kind of song. It has like like simplified Matt Freeman vibes on the chorus. Yeah. And so like it's just yeah, I don't know. I, I fell into it because I had to and now I like it. So I it's cool. So the um this yeah. can't end well. So I've been listening to that um, for a bit since we've been talking, Shane. And a couple of tracks stand out for me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just interested in how you actually wrote them. Uh, and, and please don't make mm -hmm. it be, I woke up one morning and I'd done it in my sleep. You know, I, I just auto-wrote <laughs> or something. Um, but I, I really like um, Simple Truth. Surprise, 
so that so that one actually we woke up and and it just came to us. <laughs> i think i could talk about this one a little yeah, bit yeah you actually. can yeah you can so a lot of this was actually written by uh sam our old guitarist um me and him were jamming one day and i can't remember what song we were playing but it was one other song that like ended up on the ep and it, it was like one of those things where like like i think it just kind of devolved into randomness and like he was playing something and i was like yeah that's kind of cool and I think I think we were just kind of like jamming various grooves over it or something. And what I what I ended up playing like that opening like sort of like not really DB, but whatever the hell you want to call that fast beat. I actually completely copied that from <laughs> from a all song called New Theme off of uh, was it All Roy's Revenge? I think from like 1989. Bill Stevenson playing drums. And... Please don't yeah. please don't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Dave Grohl did the same shit. Yeah. But but, uh, but yeah, like I I I did that beat and I was like, hey. We were both like, hey, this is pretty rad. So, yeah. <laughs> and he wrote all the lyrics too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And all, all I remember from that session was, um, is I'm pretty sure how the riff came about was Sam played one of the songs on the EP, like the riff backwards. And like, and then that's what the riff of Simple Truth turned into. Yeah, he, he was doing something weird like so that. So like, and it was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And like, that's probably all of our favorite song from that EP specifically. Yeah. The crowd always goes like, ballistic because you know you can mosh pretty good to that so we also like the um our new thing we've been doing is there's like the breakdown part of that song like, <laughs> we, like, we like to throw yeah. in different songs every show to like to change it up once in a while like for that breakdown just play something entirely different yeah we've been playing turnstile yeah. a lot recently instead of instead of playing our own song we just throw a cover halfway through yeah you'll, you'll be doing uh, rick astley next like everybody else has been doing over the past five years hey write that down write that down, write that down! <laughs> We did Weezer actually yeah. the last show, so you're kind of on the same same page. There. Uh, and I really like the idea that you started that that off with Nevergreen, which was it's it's yeah. actually quite a, a gentle piece of music, which Shane's just pulled a funny face about. So he's obviously that was in one of his uh, happier moments when he wrote that, or was it somebody else that wrote that? So it was, that was a Sam moment. So that was that was that was a big Sam moment. So. Um, he wrote that one too. We were just like, okay, we can't just like slam it. It's like, we've, that idea we were like jamming like a lot, like whether we were like sound checking our instruments or whatnot, it's just like something we jam. We're like, okay, well, why don't we put on the record and whatnot? And, add nine chord. Yeah. Yeah. Good old add nines. And we were like, well, like, I don't think it needs words. I think it should just be an album opener. And that's what we did. But whenever we like finished mixing and mastering and put it out, I was like, guys, I think our guitar player just straight up ripped <laughs> off another song. And I found the song, and it, it is 100% almost identically ripped off from a Rob Scallon, like, joke album he made. That's right. And it, it, but, like, it's a different groove that he plays in the album. Like, the chords and the progression is basically the same. And, like, it's so funny because I pointed it out to Sam after we put it out, and he goes, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> he was like, oh, we did it. And I was like, well, okay, like, whatever. Like, we'll just play it live. Like, nobody's going to care. You know what I mean? 15% different. Uh, we've got all three of you here now, yeah. so... Everybody look at each other, and who has got, right, out of the three of you, who's got the most embarrassing music taste? I mean, I don't know. I think we all have our vices or guilty pleasures. Yeah. So you like, like, everything. I like everything, <laughs> so I guess inherently that makes me, like, the weirdest, but, like, 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 you will catch me in my car by myself listening to Taylor Swift, like, frequently. 
And so, like, and I don't know if that's embarrassing because she rocks, but like, this whistle's awesome. Yeah, but I don't know, man. If we're talking like off the wall picks, like Dan finds the weirdest crap I've ever listened to in my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, oh, what's the ba- gas station boner pills? <laughs> I was just they dropped an EP today and it's pretty good. Yeah, he, he like we were like recording literally like last week, and he just decides to just type that in on Spotify, load it up, and just start jamming. I'm like. I, how I how did you find this? I accidentally found a pretty cool band. Yeah. That's the second <laughs> time good. I've heard somebody mention them this week. Seriously. Wow. They, like the actual, Yeah, they, were, like the they band? were on a podcast. I can't remember oh. which one. It, I can't remember what? which one it was. It was either Two Bears, One Cave with Tom Segura and Bert Kreischer. Oh, oh really? wow. Or That's crazy. Tuesdays with Stories with Mark Norman and Joe List. Like, okay. Anybody on. like Usher? Because that's a bad artist in my book. Usher? Uh, uh, not really. So, so there, his his drummer that I don't know if he's still with actually plays yeah. with him. Aaron Spears, good player. I'm a big fan of Usher's drummer. <laughs> <laughs> and apologies to Usher if he's listening. And if he's listening, lads, we've made it. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. on the podcast. On, <laughs> he knows about gas station boner pills too. I think it was him that actually mentioned them. So maybe maybe you're right. <laughs> Yeah, you, you yeah, could yeah, just yeah. see you could just see an Usher concert opening up with gas station boner pills, couldn't you? Get that your bandmates are in the room for a second. If you could be in a, another band, which band would you be in? Shane, you first. Mm. Avenged Sevenfold. They are my favorite band of all time, and they always will be. I don't think that'll ever change. But I also don't know if I have the chops to play that. But yeah. like, I would love to be in that band. They're the best. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that they're going to know the answer to this already, but uh, a band called Modern Baseball outside of Philly. <laughs> that, remember the, the, the senior band that came after that, Slaughter Beach Dog? So it was a little bit more chill, surfy kind of stuff. And Dan? Yeah. Periphery? No, honest. Descendants? I, no, well, it'd be cool to play with them, but like, on, honestly, like, I don't know. Like, I, I have a very, like, all over the place like interest in like playing different styles of music like i'm i i play in three groups right now actually and i i like playing all sorts of music i i would probably say honestly just about anything aside from like like any like straight ahead jazz because i don't have enough finesse for that <laughs> but, uh, but uh i mean oh geez i don't even know how about metallica oh, so they have the decent drummer <laughs> Yeah, replace <laughs> Lars, please. <laughs> <laughs> the, th- the thing is, you get the audience, you get the money as well. So you- you've got to think about that. Yeah. Do, yeah. do a couple of tours of Metallica. Give Lars a bit of a rest. You're minted. Yeah. 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 Metallica, let us open for you. If yeah. you're watching this, let us. Me- it's Metallica, Usher, Main Street Detour. Let's uh, get the tour going. Can we get the billing the right way around? They're supporting you. Yeah, 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 you've got to aim high. If you're going to aim as a support act to Usher, aim higher than that, please. So, what is your creative process then? Because you you know that the the podcast is about being an artist, being having a creative mind. Um, so do you do you write together? Do you write apart? Do you write in strict time slots, or is it as it comes to you? Definitely as it comes to us. Um, we never been one to like put ourselves in a box and force ourselves to write. Sometimes that's how we get the worst material we've ever written, but, this uh, is true. <laughs> um, many scrap songs were forced, but it's all right. Um, yeah, no, I'd say we're, we're all pretty scatterbrain. Like 
Like we'll write something. Oh, that's cool. But like, check this out. And then like, <laughs> and then we'll, and then we'll do that. And like, oh, that's really cool. Let's work on that. And then we'll work on that. Stop. And then revisit it in like three months. So like, I don't know. Our our creative process is just like kind of different. I mean, everybody comes comes to the table with something different. But like in terms of like getting stuff done when we're recording and whatnot, we have like a really good process of like blending everybody together. Like weirdly enough, Dan is our lead guitar player on the record because he's really good at playing drums and writing leads. I'm a terrible guitarist though. Don't ever make me play live. It's just, (laughs) it'll it'll be messy. Yeah. So like he does that. And then Nico and I kind of like, like usually collaborate on lyrics and whatnot. Like if he has any gaps, like I try to fill them or vice versa. And then get like rhythm guitar and bass, we all just kind of mm-hmm. pivot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we we work, we have a really good synergy. There's no, there's no like assigned roles except obviously Dan's drums. That's, no, yeah, we, that's no one. It. He's the best drummer around. But yeah, we we I can't even play drums, so <laughs> I, I give it to him. I can play, <laughs> drums, I can play drums like a guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all pretty together though when it comes to writing. Yeah, for sure. What about when uh, creativity evades you? How do you how do you deal with that as a as a band? Um, I think like the most obvious answer is probably like Chinese fighter drill the instruments like immediately get out of what we're doing so we can just like think with a different brain by playing a different instrument. But um, I don't know. Sometimes we just gotta like get out, like go do something, and then come back and revisit it. Mm-hmm. We've done that many a times. Um, yeah, I don't know. Or like just try demoing out and just like try to see if anything sticks. And if it doesn't, then like, okay, we scrap it. But like, at least we tried, you know? I think a lot of a, another thing is, is listening to other bands that yeah. we like at least kind of want to sound like or think we sound like, because then I don't want to say we steal ideas, but like we hear something and it's like, wow, that's cool. How can we do something like mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And then it always gives us more motivation and creativity towards stuff like that. I agree. And for me, I sometimes I need to like detach myself from like honestly the sound we ultimately kind of mm-hmm. go for. And like I'll listen to something like completely not what like we would ever sound like. I like I was on a I was on a weird like I don't know why. I was on a really massive John Mayer kick last year. Like it ended up being, ended up being my top artist. And I was oh. but I also learned of, honestly, like even listening to that though, like I came to appreciate Steve Jordan as a drummer because I was listening to like the continuum and uh like that lineup essentially and just that approach that he has like kind of like gave me like a refreshing take on my instruments that I play, even though I play nothing like Steve Jordan. That's a, that's yeah. a good pragmatic approach. And I, and I like the Chinese fire draw. I like the idea of uh, everyone, everyone running around, <laughs> yeah. grab a different instrument, give it a different go. Uh, one thing that we've, that I've discussed with mm-hmm. other um, artists that I've had on is this idea of nature or nurture. So one by one, do you, do you come from families that have, creative or musical parents or siblings so my great grandma on my dad's side was a guitar teacher my dad plays a little bit guitar himself and my uh i think my grand my grandpa on my mom's side played violin before he uh went to the korean war i think and uh but i mean as far as like immediate like musical influences in my household i can't say like like it wasn't like my, my dad was like always like playing gigs and like always playing guitar stuff. I mean, you jam on acoustic and stuff, but like I didn't play guitar really a whole lot when I was younger. But honestly, I would say, um, while like there was, isn't like musical blood or a ton of musical blood or whatever in my family, I mean, my folks have always been extremely supportive of really anything I want to do. And they're they've always been really awesome with that. Like my dad, especially, will always try to come out the gigs and stuff. 
And honestly, I think that just kind of, that's been the biggest influence, I think, uh, in terms of that, I'd, I'd say. Nico? So there's absolutely zero musical blood in my family. Um, my, I, not to out my parents, but they have some of the most bland music tastes I've ever heard in my life. Bro, what? <laughs> my, my dad, my dad though, my dad has always been very open to anything I've ever showed him. Like he brought me to every concert I wanted to go to. And I think that alone is enough like drive and support to want to do music. And he, so I think it's because not saying he's living through me, but he, he, he wanted to play guitar, but never really had the time because he like joined the military and stuff when he was younger. And I think he was, that's why he urged me to do guitar so much. Cause he wanted to see me have that dream, I guess. And he's been the most supportive. He always helps me buy the, all the guitars I don't need and all that stuff. He's always like, well, those are so cool. You should get those. I'm like, thanks. I will. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's always been extremely supportive of it, but yeah, no, not a lick of music talent in my family. <laughs> Shane? Um, it's kind of a mix. My uncle, both my uncles used to jam back in the seventies and whatnot. Nothing ever happened and came of it, but they're the only person I know in my immediate family or actually anyone in my family that I know that played instruments. And, um, mm -hmm. I'm self-taught. I never went to it guitar teacher and I came incredibly late to learning that I literally started playing guitar like my junior senior year of high school like so so late um but like in terms of just being around music like my family is like music obsessed like there was always a record playing in my house there's always music we always listen to something in the car so like I think that kind of did that for me like I really really liked um just listening to music and like enjoying that um my my two sisters were in like uh like chorus and choir and stuff like that so like i guess we can equate that to like musicality but like they didn't do anything with that you know so yeah i don't know i just kind of fell into it later and honestly going to the obscene amount of concerts that i go to um uh that definitely inspired me to be like okay i'm gonna do that like i couldn't tell you the exact moment where i like i saw somebody on stage I'm like okay i'm gonna be up there one day but like that definitely like i mean i used to go just so many shows. I still do. Who am I kidding? I don't used to. How many How many do you think you average a year? Like 30, 40? Yeah, probably like 30 or 40 shows a year. It's kind of bad. But um, yeah, no, like my buddy, my sister's boyfriend used to pick me up from school all the time and go to uh, go to shows afterwards. Like all the, like, it was great. And so, yeah, I think it equated to that. So just being surrounded by like a great family who supports the music. Like my family is always at shows um whether it's mine or somebody else and um yeah no i think that that just helped me get to where i'm at now that's really good so. and and that seems to be a common theme that it's the support of family and loved ones which allows you to have that drive and allows you to push on from there whether they appreciate the taste that the type of music that you're playing or not they just want to see you be happy and succeed mm -hmm. which yeah. is massively uh massively powerful stuff I, I give our families credit for putting up with the shitty music we play. So, you know. <laughs> so the album that you're recording at the moment, then how many tracks are you going to put on that? It's yeah. going to be 10, maybe 11 or definitely 10. And, and are, so. are there any surprises yeah. on there? You know, have you done any kind of like a, excuse the pun, but have you done any detours in the, uh, in the music? Uh, I'm using a double pedal on one of the songs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, one of our songs is a lot more calm and melodic. It's kind of like American football esque. 
Um, Are you talking about the the one with the weird tuning? Yeah, the one with the yeah. weird tuning. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot more like flowy, not just in your face power chords like we usually do. Yeah, I, I'd say like, and we have a sad song too. We do have a sad song. Only one? We no, have, we have a couple. We have a, a little slower. It starts slow, builds up. Yeah, so it's um, it's definitely I think like what's gonna come out is probably like, the truest form of us so far, at least in terms of like what who we have like here in this room right now you know if we add somebody else obviously the sound's gonna vary a little bit but like um yeah i think you just see all the influences come through too because it's not like we wanted to just put out 10 tracks just all bangers like you know what i mean like i mean they are all bangers but like not in terms of like bpm and whatnot we want to like slow it down and like you know do that too looks like we, we love songs where you know you don't have to be in your face you can sit back a little bit and just enjoy it, you know and so i think that's definitely what we got but unfortunately no features on the record it is all msd we will be looking for that in the future but yeah this is all all us i think that's a good thing yeah so do i I, i'm a little bit disappointed that there isn't a ska track on there though there is not the closest to a ska track is lsd oh my god and i wanted and i low-key wanted to make it a ska track because i thought like if if we had like horns mimicking the bass line i was playing i think that'd be so sick but uh they didn't they weren't down for that so we decided not to do that so and the amount of Oh my god! The amount of times I've heard Matt Kamenicki be like, "Oh, yeah, it sounds like a ninety. It sounds like a '90s song, and he's have like ska on or something." Yep. He'll say something about I, that. I like, am convinced uh, that there's a, a producer out there listening to this who could actually put some horns over that for you. Uh, a, a remix of LSD yeah. with uh, horns. Hey, we take it. <laughs> yeah, I do it honestly. Honestly, like maybe like the Luck Edition album, we'll throw a ska remix on there. <laughs> <laughs> We could get the book club the feature. Yeah, we're, we're friends with quite a many ska bands in the city, so we could definitely get people in there for it. Shout out to the book club and Solios, and there are other ska bands I'm like completely forgetting about that are in Pittsburgh. I think those are the main two. Honestly. Those are the main two that I'm yeah. aware of. No disrespect to anyone else who's in a ska band in Pittsburgh that I just cannot think of in this moment. But <laughs> yeah, those two. <laughs> when do we think we can see the uh, or hear the new album? Great question. I'm thinking probably mid to late summer is what we're looking at. We want to give it ample time to promote, get it all hyped up and whatnot. And we have another single we're going to be putting out soon. Um, and we're working with uh, Pete, the guy who's producing our singles right now. We're in the late stages of mixing. So we should be able to get the tracks here within maybe a week or two, we're thinking. So that song should probably be out, I'm thinking, June. So. Okay. Uh, Going to give us a sneak peek on what the new single's called? It's called Killing Me. If you've been to any shows that we've played in the past half year, we have, we have been playing it. So it's by, by no means a new song, but it's new to the people who can't see us. <laughs> and it obviously goes down well with the people yeah. that come to see you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I've heard people say, like, out of the new stuff we've been writing, it's it's their favorite. I don't know if I'd go that far to say that, but I like it a lot. As a catchy chorus. It, it does, does. It does have a very catchy chorus. It all, gets stuck in people's heads all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a uh, all-gang vocal chorus. We all chipped in for that. So, yeah. Yeah, we love doing that. So, What are your aspirations for MSD, then? How far do you want to take this? I have been determined since day one to get us to play wherever whenever and however we can do that like i am so okay with sleeping in a van living off of five dollars a day getting crappy fast food like i am so okay with that and you know we're planning some stuff with some people to go out and do some weekenders do a little bit of tour action which is awesome we've never done that yet so hopefully that can lead to something later down the road but yeah no i mean i am 
I'm so for getting it as big as it could be. I agree. I think we're all on the same page with that. So I, th- I think there's there's no. definitely the prospect there. The, the music is is really really good. Um, I I start I started listening to it and Thank you. Thank straight you. away the toes are tapping, the pens tapping against the the desk, uh, and you yeah. start, and you start picking <laughs> up the, like the melodies quite quickly, which is uh, which is a sign yeah. of a good pop punk song that you get that that you get that you know the yeah. the, the harmony that you get the the, the tune. Um, be, before we close, mm. okay, um, is there anything else that you'd like to add or promote or? tell me that i've not asked you about i mean go follow us on all social media yes at, at main street Detour. spell it out <laughs> every social it's all there um we finally just got access to our twitter account twitter, tw- twitter has been awful to me and i have not been able to get in it for the past year and i finally just got access to it so if you want to see a shit post on twitter go follow us there <laughs> so so from my point of view i would i would strongly recommend that everyone listens to the uh to the single LSD, hits the uh, the long EP up and then waits for the album, uh, which we're going to say, is it going to be digital only or do you think you might do some vinyl pressings as well? We know some people, so we'll see if it's possible. We'll, we'll see what we're thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I, I definitely, we'll at least have CDs for sure, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely would like a physical release for this. I think it'd yeah, be awesome. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. That'd be really good. And it's also good for uh, promoting the band and giving the like a prize out to a to a fan or you know something like that so it's definitely worth doing uh gentlemen i say that in the inverted commas because you're a pop punk band i can't be too polite uh, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you um i i, I like wish what? you nothing but success uh when the album's ready please come back tell me about how you how you didn't kill yourselves um how you survived and how you're still <laughs> friends and how you're still together um, but th- but thank you, Dan. Yeah. Thank you, Nico. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I'm still not over you, and my friends are getting tired of your name. It's driving them insane, so I'll bottle it up and hope I shut the fuck up about the girl. Thank you for listening to uh, this episode. Thank you to our guest. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Feel free to uh, hit us up on any of the socials. Uh, and our website is www.mondostreet.co.uk. Looking forward to seeing you again on our next episode. Bye.